Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Year in Review Regional Roundtable series, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. My name is Kato Arts, partner at Lydian in Belgium. The ELA Global Employment Law Year in Review series is classically our most popular series of the year, focusing on the most impactful regulations of the past year and forecasting what employers can expect in the current year. Today, we are connecting with three lawyers from our European region. Joining us from the Alex Group are from Estonia, Hannah Pak, Senior Associate at Alex Reidler. From Latvia, joining us, Iveta Sepre, Senior Counsel at Alex Clavens. And from Lithuania, Rimanta Stanovicius, expert at Alex Valunas. What a great panel for this year in review podcast. Thank you all for joining us. How are you today? Hi, Kata. Nice to be here. I'm also glad to meet again. Hello, thank you for inviting me to participate in this program. Let's start with our first pressing question. What were the most significant legal changes in 2022 that impacted employers in your country? Hannah, could you please lead us off? Yes, there was a number of legal changes actually coming into effect from the 1st of August last year, which were connected to the adoption of the directive regarding transparent and predictable working conditions in the European Union. So basically, some provisions were added to the Employment Contracts Act to implement all the provisions that were prescribed by the directive. And this resulted in the employers reviewing their employment contract templates, as well as actually updating their previous contracts or the existing contracts with their existing employees. Interesting. That's the same for Belgium. We've had a change in law as well. And how about Latvia, Iveta? Yes, the same as Hannah already noted. We also had quite extensive employment tax changes in summer last year and implement to directive on work-life balance for parents and carers. And it also resulted in changes in employment contracts. But if I comment globally, otherwise, I mean, not two significant aspects or events. First was release of uh, COVID-19 restrictions, and the second was impact of the war in the Ukraine. As the first, we had emergency situations still existing at the beginning of 2022, which impacted the employers as they had to comply with several restrictions, and it meant additional expenses, formalities. And afterwards, in spring, the restrictions were gradually released. And also several support programs for employers were announced to help to decrease the negative impact of this COVID-19 crisis, which was positive moment. With respect to second issue, which was war in Ukraine, it resulted, of course, in whole Baltic states an increase of prices, fuel, electricity, gas prices, and also sanctions against Russia. So those employers who worked previously for the Russian market have had to change their target markets, suppliers, and also workforce and its conditions because there have been employees who worked remotely from Ukraine and Russia, like IT employees. And of course, afterwards, those, the share of those employees decreased. Yeah, that's very interesting. And I think as you summarize yourself, a very positive change and a very negative one. Thank you, Iveta. Yes. And how about Lithuania, Rimantas? Yes, Lithuania also had a number of amendments in the employment area. 
most of them were already mentioned by my colleagues since we derive from EU directive and other regulations. And among this, I would mention the implementation of work-life balance directive, which basically now I would say is implemented in full scope and the parents with young children are entitled to quite flexible options of work time regime. Another related aspect was also implementation of this directive in the terms of parental leave. We introduced non-transferable parts of parental leave for fathers and mothers. And what was sort of a not so EU-related change was strengthening of regulations of prevention of psychological violence and harassment at the workplace. So we had this regulation before that, but starting from the end of the year, the bigger employers who have 50 or more employees, in addition to the general obligation to fight such risks at work, they also have to implement respective policies within the workplace where they have to quite in detail define how they will do this, what they will do, when they will do this, what to do for the employees who are affected and so on and so forth. So this more or less strengthening of the regulation towards that perspective. Okay. Well, so apart from dealing with global crises, as every country is doing, I think the focus here is on the well-being of employees because you have transparent and predictable working conditions and then new legislation on harassment and work-life balance. So I guess that's the common element here for all three countries. Now, let's talk a moment about the impact of leadership or government changes in your country. What leadership or government changes, if any, of course, impacted employment law in your jurisdiction over the past year? And what changes are you anticipating in 2023? Let's start with Ivita. Yes, Latvia had the parliament elections in autumn last year, and following which we had the new government approved in December. So Latvia indeed had a change of policy makers, but it was just so recent that we are yet to see what changes it will bring to us. The new government is in process of setting its priorities and action plans, working on it yet, so including also regarding employment law issues. Therefore, I would say that something new is coming. Let's hope for new changes and new policy coming from the government. Interesting. So that'll be for our Year in Review 2023 podcast then. Yes. <laughs> Looking forward to that. How about you, Rimantas? So since this year was quite active in this area, I would say that as for the next year, the changes would be smaller amount or they wouldn't be so significant unless something unexpected happens, which can be the case given the current unstable geopolitical situation. What relates to innovations in the public or governmental area we have quite an interesting regulation which becomes affecting starting from 1st of January this year that for the governmental agencies and similar type of employers, they put the implementation on work-life balance directive even further and said that all employees who have children below three years of age they now will be entitled to work shortened working week consisting of 42 hours per week. But during that time, they will be paid for the standard working week, which is 40 hours per week. So basically, what this means is implementation for the working week in the governmental area. That's very interesting. That's an angle I'd never heard of. Interesting approach. 
And how about you, Hannah? What are the changes or what have been the changes in Estonia? I think I will be also the one who could comment on that topic more <laughs> next year because we will have the parliamentary elections taking place in the beginning of March. So it might be that after that, some new issues may arise. But one thing what developed in a positive direction was that before the COVID pandemic, the sickness benefit basically was paid only from the fourth day of sickness, first by the employer and then afterwards by the health insurance fund. Then during the COVID times to motivate the employees to actually get sick leave and stay at home and get well again to go back to work, the government implemented the system where from the second day already the person gets sickness benefit. And initially, it was thought that they will return to the old system from the fourth day onwards from the beginning of this year. But then at the end of last year, on the 28th of December, actually, at the very end, there was extraordinary session of the parliament and they decided to continue with this interim system from the second day sickness benefit, uh, at least until the end of June this year. So let's see. Okay, interesting. Now, a topic that is, I think, a topic that is spoken about a lot, which is remote work, is still something I would like to ask you, because I'm very curious to know if there have been changes there and, and what the current situation is in your countries. It continues to be a hot topic for employers across the globe. How is your jurisdiction tackling hybrid work from home, return to the office or cross-border remote work, let's say work from anywhere. How How is that happening in your countries? Maybe, Rumantas, you can start with that. From a legislation point of view, we have no news in this area, meaning how it, this topic was regulated before the COVID, it similarly is regulated now. But when it comes to the practice, of course, it's completely different and it's quite vast depending on the area we are looking into. For instance, IT and similar sectors, they are very creative in this respect, not so IT-related areas are a bit more conservative, but one our client told that as it was difficult to start working remotely in the beginning, so it was difficult to come back to offices at the end of this. So now we basically have more or less hybrid work in all office-related work, something like two plus three or three plus two, meaning several days from the office, several days remotely. And of course, such arrangements as working from everywhere is also considered, but not in so wide perspective because it includes quite a number of hot issues, data protection, IT support, and so on and so forth. So not all employers, not all areas are so flexible to allow this to employees, but at least to some extent and subject to the agreements, it's all rather yes than no. That's a very good summary, I would say, Romantas. It's very similar in Belgium, where, of course, there's a tendency to accept it, encourage it, allow it to employees, because it's also a way of you know, keeping talent on board and not losing them to competitors who are offering this as, as some kind of benefit. But of course, there's regulation linked to it as well, taxes, social security. So that's, that's always interesting to see. And you, Hannah, how, how are things in Estonia? We actually... Got some updates on, on that field since January. Now there are some additional provisions in the Occupational Health and Safety Act as well, which try to clarify 
the requirements as well as the liability and obligations of the parties in case of remote work. And basically, if the employer determines the, the risks arising from the nature of the remote work and instructs the employees before allowing them to work remotely and organizes the health checks and everything, then it might be that the employer will be basically exempt from, from the liability if they have fulfilled all the obligations specified in the law. So in, in such case, the employee will be liable for carrying out the remote work. Also an interesting angle, because those are questions that are coming from clients, right? Like we, yes. we want to allow people to work from home, but what do we do with occupational accidents or with the monitor that is not well put and then we get complaints on backaches and then sickness, etc. So that's, that's a very interesting idea. And Ivita, how are things in Latvia? Well, as to Latvia, in 2020, when COVID-19 crisis just commenced, the remote work seemed like a temporary short-term solution. Then now it's uh, everyday reality for many employees. And generally, the hybrid model is popular in Latvia, partially work from home, partially from the office some days, as Remantis already noted. And also certain employees whose presence is not needed in the office also use the opportunity, let's say, to travel and spend, for instance, winter somewhere where it's warmer in the south and where you can avoid high fuel and heating invoices in winter. Of course, uh, the remote work for employers also comes with additional formalities and challenges to document it correctly, to assess the work environment, risk properly, the tax issues, the compensation of remote work expenses and similar. But if two years ago we didn't have almost no regulation in this regard, now we have specific rules in our employment act regarding compensation issues and also regarding work safety, like risk assessment procedures. So it's more regulated now as well. Okay. Interesting. Now, the last question, I'm very curious to hear your replies to that one. What are your predictions for 2023? Of course, we don't have a glass ball, but let's try to predict what will happen next year. Are there any employment law changes or updates that you will think have an impact on HR and employers? And yeah, just in general, your predictions for 2023. Maybe we can start with Rimantas. First thing, I guess, that has a lot of potential is deepening the regulation in this area of employee well-being we discussed in the first part of our podcast. And I don't want to predict in which areas the government will look into, but uh, let's say something about work-life balance working remotely, if we connect everything we have just discussed. This is still a hot issue, how to make that flexible working time is not all the time working time, for instance. The right to check out and so on and so forth. This is one area and another I'm not sure what this will bring, but this ongoing conflict in Ukraine, I guess, will give rise to related regulation in all our countries, including Lithuania. I do not want to predict in which particular shape it will look, but I would expect something in that area as well. Okay. And how about you, Hannah? I think one one topic that has become more and more important or popular, so to say, is the mental health of the employees and also any kind of harassment or bullying at workplace. 
I see it has been increasing the focus on these topics. And also in relation to some changes which took place at the end of the year, there might be new inquiries from the employers regarding working time because there are two groups of employees with respect to whom the working time regulations were changed a bit. One type is the employees with independent decision-making competence. So basically, with respect to them, the working time restrictions will not apply anymore. And another group is the employees in the field of information and communications technology with whom one can now sign special agreements regarding on-call time, for example. I expect that type of work to come in in the future. So in line with what you discussed for 2023, and it's just a trend that will continue throughout 2023. And you, Iveta, last but certainly not least, how about Latvia? Well, I agree also with my colleagues regarding well-being and mental health of employees, just it's topical also for Latvia. And it also comes in line that we see that ESG environmental social governance issues are becoming more and more important, and it will also impact the employment sector, so it's expected. Like equal payment issues, women on the board of companies, diversity, and similar issues are being and will be paid more attention to. Maybe as to practical changes from this year, I can also mention that the decision to increase the minimum wage was taken at the end of last year, and it also in response to the relevant EU directive requiring adequate minimum remuneration being paid to employees. So from this year, it's already known that the minimum wage is increased, and also for the following year, it's already scheduled that there will be such an increase. And this will certainly impact employers and employees, mainly, of course, blue-collar employees. Well, those are all anticipated changes that I'm sure you'll comment on once they come into force. And, of course, we'll stay in touch in a podcast. This is all the time that we have today. Hanna, Iveta and Rimantas, thank you for sharing your insights about the Baltic region for the special ELA Year in Review podcast. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks. Likewise. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. I hope this program has been as insightful for you as it has been for me. If you would like to connect with Hanna, Iveta, and Rimantas, please click on their bios in the description of this podcast. We also encourage you to reach out to any of our lawyers around the world by selecting Find a Lawyer on the ELA website at ela.law. Information about all of the programs available in the 2023 Year in Review series can be accessed in the notes of this podcast. You've been listening to the Year in Review Regional Roundtable, a series brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Kato Arts. Thanks for listening.